Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Attract podcast with your host, Anna Rumbold. In today's episode, I'm chatting with money and mindset coach, Leslie Thomas, about money mindset in business and the steps you can take to overcome any money beliefs that are holding you back. There's so much gold in this episode, from owning the results you deliver to handling pricing and sales conversations. So let's dive in. Hi, Leslie, and welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to speak with you today about pricing and working on your money mindset in business so that you're comfortable showing up and disclosing your prices. So let's dive in with the first question. I'd love to chat with you about what a powerful relationship with money can actually look like. That is such a great question because I think people make, firstly, thank you very much for having me on the podcast, Anna. It's great to be here. that question is such a good question because people make assumptions with regards to what money mindset is. They tend to think it is just about the amount of money they have or don't have in the bank um, or how much they charge. When yes, they are an element, this might surprise you, your money mindset, our relationship with money has absolutely nothing to do with money everything to do with our relationship with ourselves. So to have a confident, empowering money mindset, to have a confident relationship with money, that starts with having a confident relationship with ourselves because our self-confidence is tied up with our sense of self-worth and self-value. And if we do not have a strong sense of both of those things, that is why our relationship with money is going to be off. Once we sort out, why are we not valuing what we do? Why do we not have the sense of self-worth to be bigger, bolder, braver in our business? Once we work that out, then actually our relationship with money, our money mindset actually sorts itself out. And when you truly empower yourself, you really get to understand how we do money is how we do everything. So the knock on effect of working on your sense of self-worth and self-value that improves every single aspect of how you run your business, how you are in relationships the boundaries that you put in place, how visible you are in your business. Are you playing small? If you're playing small, why? Are you marketing yourself in a way that you're putting yourself firmly in front of those people that you want to be in front of? So money mindset is not just one thing. Money mindset is absolutely everything to do with how you are, how you show up, and how you go about getting and being really honest with yourself about what you want, why you want it, and what you need to do to get it. That makes so much sense. It really does make sense that it has a knock-on effect across everything. And actually, just leading on from that, would you say that the reason it's it can be a challenge for business owners to form this powerful relationship with money is because they don't know where to start or because it encompasses so many things? And I think that's exactly it. It's because it encompasses so many things. And I can use myself as a really, really good example of this. Um, 
when I came into my coaching business, I had never had to be the face of my business. I hadn't had to put myself out there as it were. Um, I honestly thought going back several years now that if I change my bio on LinkedIn and I'll tell people that I am now a business coach that specializes in their relationship with money, tell them and they will come. How ridiculous is that? That isn't the case at all. You need to build up an audience. You need to build up the no like and trust factor. You need to build up your, your client base, and the testimonials, etc., that you can share. Doing all those things exposes all of your insecurities. Who am I to show up as the face of my business? Who am I to talk about the results that I can get for my clients? Who am I to charge for my services? What happens if I say the wrong thing? What happens if I don't know what to say? What happens if I'm having a bit of a bad hair day and people look at me and go, oh my God, look at the state on her. All that negative self-talk is linked back to our sense of self-worth and self-value, which is directly linked into our money mindset. Because if we are not doing the things that we need to do to generate the activity that in turn generates the clients, which in turn generates the income that comes into our business, that starts a feedback loop where we start saying to ourselves, I'm no good. I can't run a business. Clients don't want to work with me. How can I increase my fees when I'm just starting out? I haven't had enough clients, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it is very often because the whole thing around mindset, you know, can be a minefield to so many people. But when we break down mindset as simply being the inner conversation that we are having with ourselves and creating that awareness of that inner conversation and linking it back to, am I talking to myself in a way that I would be talking to my best friend? Am I encouraging myself? Or am I really the person that is to blame for all the negative thoughts, all the negative actions, all the inaction, because I am not aware of how devastating that conversation can be? So people do get very, very fearful around the whole concept of money mindset. But if you literally break it down to what conversation Am I having with myself? Am I building up my self-confidence, my self-worth, my self-value? Or am I dragging myself down? And if I'm doing that, no wonder I'm not able to do the things I need to do to grow my business. Yeah, that makes total sense as well. And exploring there a little bit about the negative impact, that, that feedback loop that you can create when that mindset piece isn't there. I'd love to chat a little bit about the impact of the opposite of that when you're having those conversations with yourself and you're creating that that positive mindset towards money. And like you say, you're then the output, the activity you're doing reflects that. What does that impact look like? Oh, my God, it's absolutely everything. And it is absolutely everything. 
this is not when it comes to money mindset it's not a case of one and done it's not a case of i'm gonna do the work and i'm gonna be sorted and i'm gonna be a millionaire by this time next year because it doesn't happen like that new levels new devil but once you create that sense of awareness that sense of awareness of first of all why do i need to change what is not working how am i talking to myself what is the impact of that conversation having on me, having on my business and my wider life? And then connecting that to, okay, so why do I want to change it? What are the results that I am looking for? And starting to really lean into every time you start saying to yourself, I can't, I'm no good, this is hard, I can't do it. And instead start saying, it's hard. I'm going to do it and I am doing it. I'm finding it challenging. I'm finding it uncomfortable, but actually it's in our discomfort that we find out how good we can actually be when we challenge ourselves. And when you start to create the evidence of, oh, I did my first live on Instagram. Wasn't too bad, actually. You know, it could have possibly been a bit better, but I know next time it will be better because I understand how to do it now and i understand how to talk to people when i'm live you know on social media i know how to engage with people oh i've got people asking me questions people are jumping into my dms people want to have a discovery call with me oh actually this seems to be working and once you start to see that positive feedback loop of rather than me bringing myself down instead I'm going to talk favorably to myself. I'm going to celebrate each and every small win and I'm going to keep doing it. Because when you start to see the evidence of what you're doing, when you start to see the results, that brings in that sense of excitement, that sense of improving your self-worth, that sense of I can create success. And when you do that, you just want to keep doing it. You want to keep doing, okay, I've taken it this far. How much further can I take it now? And when we see, and there is so much evidence, you know, on social media and on the internet of people who have taken that brave step and have had, you know, massive results. If we come at it from a perspective of curiosity, how did they do that then i wonder how they did it rather than well it's all right for them because because very often when we say oh it's all right for them because it's us trying to find the excuse of why we can't have the success that they are having because we actually don't want to do what they are doing to have that success but when we approach things with an attitude of curiosity and go, oh that particular person there, they seem to be doing really, really well. They seem to be having lots of clients, some great testimonials. They're talking about, you know, these big launches that they've had. I wonder how they did it. Because when you do that, when you become solution focused, that's when your subconscious also becomes curious and starts to think, okay, so I see what's happening here. I see you're kind of wanting to get out of your comfort zone not quite sure I'm happy for you to get out of your comfort zone, but let's just explore this a little bit. 
And what our subconscious will do, because it's our subconscious's job, it'll do everything it can to keep us safe. Keeping us safe to our subconscious means doing all the same things that we have always done. But actually, we know we have to do things differently if we want to get different results. So as soon as we start to recognize what our subconscious is trying to do, but equally give our subconscious what it needs, which is evidence that we are safe, evidence that we know what we are doing because we are looking at what others are doing and the success and the results that they are getting. We prevent ourselves from going into a state of panic. Oh my God, it's this time in the, of the year. I haven't hit my targets. What am I going to do? I'm going to give up. Well, actually, that is a self-fulfilling prophecy because once we go into that panic mode, our, the way our body deals with it is by delivering cortisol into our system and we go into a fight, flight or fight mode and we're not able to do anything else. We're not able to be solution focused. So when we understand what's going on and we start to see the success, we get positively addicted to it and we want to create more of it. We get more motivated. We get more confident. And so that feedback loop continues. Yeah, that all makes total sense as well. And I can really relate to what you're saying from a content perspective. Uh, in particular, I speak to a lot of people, clients um, and people on social media, etc., who perhaps have a little bit of fear. It's easy to share content that shares value, the how to's and the tips where people often struggle is when they're saying, this is why you should come to me. This is how you can create the result that you desire inside my offer. And that from what you've just said appears to be that that next step where you've got that that mindset, you've got you've done that mindset work and you're comfortable with sharing that. And I think that can create a huge difference in your business. And I love what you said about curiosity. I'm such a big fan of being curious, testing, seeing what works, approaching the whole thing with that curiosity. I really like that. And I think as well, it's about being kind of generous and kind to yourself because, you know, in business, not everything is going to work. Not everything is going to work immediately. And it is about trial and error. And it is about recognizing, you know, we are all on a journey of growth. And when we recognize we're on a journey of growth, to have the confidence to recognize, try new things. They may not all work. Some parts of it may work take those parts that work and move forward. We very often um, tell ourselves off because we've tried something and it didn't work first time. Well, lots of things don't work first time. I, I heard a fact about six weeks ago that the Dyson uh, Hoover that James Dyson invented, the one that came to the market was the 5,726th prototype. Imagine if he'd stopped at any one of those along the way. He wouldn't have the multi-million pound business that he has now. So it is a case of recognizing that you do need to be curious. You do need to try. Because if you don't try, you've got no evidence. You've got nothing to compare any, anything else about. And that is the whole thing with mindset is that it is never a case of one and done. As I said just now, it is a case of recognizing that some things will work, some things won't work. But if you don't take messy action, 
then you're never actually going to know what will work for you. And be patient because Rome was not built in a day. Most businesses that claim to be, you know, overnight successes actually took many, many years, tried many, many things before the one thing that they now are famous for actually worked for them. I love that. And I think as well from from what you're saying, if it was that black and white, we'd just have a checklist to follow and everybody would be hugely successful. So I think you're totally right approaching it with that curiosity and testing. Yeah. I'm really enjoying this conversation. I'd love to hear if there are three actionable questions or tasks perhaps that those listening can go away and implement to start working on this mindset piece and the relationship with money. Absolutely. You know, there, there is there is so much that you can do, but the first starting point is that awareness, creating that awareness of how are you talking to yourself right now? And how is that impacting you? And, you know, there are many ways to do that, you know, just sitting down and journaling some key questions, you know, questions that I very often ask my clients to answer whilst they're going through that process, you know, of opening themselves up. I will get them to ask, you know, what what is your earliest memory around money and how has that impacted you? Because very often that very first memory has been a trigger for many things that have happened afterwards and continue to happen afterwards. To consider how do you feel when you think about your financial situation? Because our emotions, you know, are a really good indicator of the behaviors that come as a result of those emotions. To then consider what are your financial goals and what emotions are you attaching to them? Because again, that emotional part will really give you a good indication. Are you playing small? Are you setting big, bold, hairy goals for yourself? Or are you shying away from doing that? And what is your inner dialogue when it comes to making financial decisions? Because lots of businesses fail not because the business owner doesn't have a great idea, but because they're not prepared to invest in themselves or invest in their business. And it's very hard to convince clients to invest in you and your business if you are not prepared to invest in yourself and your own business. So that's awareness. The, the next thing I would say is, uh, and another and a tool that will help with that awareness actually is um, something I call my 24 hour journal exercise. So you take a notebook and pen around with you for 24 hours and every time a negative thought comes into your head, you take your notebook, you don't write down that negative thought, you actually turn that negative thought into the positive. Because by doing that, you're first of all creating um, affirmations that are specific to you. And also you're getting that real awareness of quite how many times you talk negatively to yourself. And whenever anybody has done that exercise, they've all always fed back to me. I wasn't aware actually that I spoke that negatively to myself that frequently. 
And then again, you're starting to create that feedback loop. Once you have that awareness, you can start to interrupt the process. Oh, there I go. I'm about to have another negative conversation with myself. And you can train yourself to stop having that negative conversation. So that's awareness. The next thing I would say is to become really, really dialed into why you want to do what you are doing. And the reason why that is important is because motivation is great, but motivation is just what gets you started. Motivation is fleeting. That is why I never do um, New Year's resolutions, because usually with New Year's resolutions, we're trying to move away from a negative behavior, drinking too much over Christmas, eating too much, not doing enough exercise, whatever it might be. Whereas when we can truly connect to why we are doing something at the deepest level, when that motivation wanes, if we are truly connected to why we are doing something, you know, and that might be because I want to have financial freedom. I want to be able to um, choose where to send my children to school, be that state school or private school. Um, I want to be able to create a legacy for my family. But once you really connect into that and make it really, really emotionally connected, when that motivation dissipates, as it always, always does, you can keep bringing yourself back to the emotionally connected why to remind you to keep doing why you are doing because you're so connected to it. And I think the, the, the third thing I would say is, is to really understand the value in what you do and what you bring to everything that you are doing in your business. And a really lovely thing to do there is to set an eight minute timer and actually write down everything that you have achieved in your life. And I mean everything, because very often, particularly as women, we can discount some of the things that we have achieved because they don't necessarily feel very relevant to where we are today. But actually, some of those things that we did in school when we won a you know, poetry writing competition or we won you know, a school bake-off, all of those things you will be reconnecting with how you felt at that moment in time when you had that success. So sit down and remind yourself of everything that you have done, what makes you you, and the value then that you can bring to your clients, to your business, and to give you the confidence to share the results that you are helping your clients achieve. Because that is a big thing that I see for lots of my clients. They feel as though they shouldn't share client testimonials because that's just showing off. Nobody's going to be interested. You know, I I can't claim to have helped my client. They did all the work, et cetera, et cetera. But once we recognize the value in what we do, then we can start to really lean into our own self-worth and self-value. And that gives us confidence to share the results that we bring for our clients and to look at that from the perspective of not you showing off from the perspective of I am helping future clients make a decision 
that is right for them on who is going to help them achieve the result that they want to make. Because if you're not talking about what you do and the results that you bring, you're not doing a disservice just to yourself. You're doing a bigger disservice to your clients because they're not going to choose the right person who's going to help them to have the results that they're looking for. So hopefully they help. So powerful. Yeah, I think all of those exercises will be hugely helpful for anybody listening. I know I certainly was hooked on on all of those. I think they're brilliant. And I totally agree with you as well, actually, about if you're not sharing that information, it can actually be a disservice. And I really believe that the more you share, the more transparent you are, it actually gives people more autonomy, in my opinion. Uh, and I'd, I'd love actually to chat about how this could all extend to pricing your services, because it seems like it's uh, extremely relevant to pricing as well. It is. And, and it's massively because people shy away from having conversations about pricing. You know, they're very comfortable on a discovery call, you know, building up that connection, you know, explaining what they do, et cetera. When it comes to that pricing conversation, a lot of people will shy away from having it and almost go, shall I email you my pricing? Shall I email you a proposal? Rather than actually talking to a client about what you do, how you do it and how you price for it. And what I always say to my clients is when it comes to pricing, take the spotlight off you and actually put it onto your client because the client has no real interest in you. They want to know the results of what working with you will mean for them. So if you can talk about the results of what you do, when you bring the pricing element in, as my very first coach said to me, it needs to be done in as simple a way, like saying, pass the salt. No emotion, no attachment to that, just quite simply, pass the salt. And when we think about our pricing as our positioning, because we can make decisions around pricing. We can be at the cheapest end of the scale. We can be at the most expensive end of the scale. We can be somewhere in the middle. What we have to do is to recognize that is all about the positioning that we want to have in the marketplace in which we're serving. And to recognize that certain clients will make certain decisions based on their own perception of value. Somebody might look at the people that are positioned much lower down the scale and say, well, actually, that's where I sit right now. Paying that amount of money for those results, that's where I sit. Whereas somebody else may say, well, no, I want to have more one-on-one -on -one time. You know, I want to work with somebody who is light years ahead of me in terms of how long they've been in business and the, the amount of results they bring for their clients. Therefore, I'm going to invest more money in that. But also remember that somebody's price point is also a reflection of their own self-worth and self-value. So no judgment is being made necessarily on your pricing. The judgment can sometimes be made on someone's own reflection of the value that they see it. But if you're not talking about the results, if you're not talking about the transformation that you are supporting your clients with, then the pricing conversation can be more uncomfortable. 
But actually, when you see the pricing conversation as just that final step to help the client come to a decision that they want to work with you because they want the results that you are going to bring for them, then you can remove all that emotion and simply ask them to please pass this on. And I think it's it's that sense of not putting any emotion behind it, not making um, any connection between your self-worth and your self-value. It's a case of having a conversation, seeing if you're the right fit and just sharing openly with a client what you charge for it and then allowing them the space to make a decision from there. I think that's so good. I think every business owner should work on this and get to that stage as well, like you say, where they can just say in the same way that they would say, pass the salt. I think that's so important. So my final question, what does building your business on your terms look like for you? Oh, for me, it's all about the freedom of choice and being able, you know, I spent 20 years in, in corporate telecommunications and I loved my job. I had no intention um, of, of leaving that job um, until my children came along. And then when I was starting to have to make decisions about how do I split up, you know, a certain amount of days each year, how do I ensure I can go to, you know, as many school events as I possibly can? How can I ensure I'm at home to um, kiss the children goodnight, read a bedtime story, etc.? That was for the moment that that was the moment that I realized I was no longer happy trading my time for a monthly salary. So for me, you know, what I do is all about freedom of choice, being able to take time off in the school holidays, being able to work if I want to in the school holidays, being able to take off extended time when the family is all together being able to see how grateful I am to have the business that I do. And I paused there because I almost used the word lucky. Um, and very often we will say, oh, I am lucky because I have, when actually it isn't luck. It's because we have created the business we have, where we live, the lifestyle we have, et cetera, et cetera. But we will very often brush that off like we do a compliment. So I am very grateful that I have been able to create this, the business that I have because it allows me to have the lifestyle that I want. And my number one, my number one value is freedom. But alongside my number one value is also the value of money because without money, you can't do anything else because money gives you choices. Money gives you freedom. Money allows you to create experiences, time with your family. You don't need money to do all those things. You can have, you know, you can have time with your family that doesn't involve having any money at all spent on that, that moment in time, but actually to be able to plan for your future to be able to not worry about bills when they come in, et cetera, then I think it's really important to value money as much as you value anything else, because that is the enabler. 
that is the foundation upon which to have everything else essentially so for me it is all about the freedom that i have created for myself with this business i love that and i share the exact same approach as you there i I think that freedom and, and the money they go hand in hand and the choices that you can make because of that and it's yeah it's been amazing hearing a little bit more about your story as well and how you've been able to create that freedom and I'd just like to say thank you as well for joining me on the podcast today. I think this was a really, really inspiring episode. I think the action steps that you gave there are incredible. I think they're going to be so helpful for anybody listening. And yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me, Anna. I've loved our conversation. Thank you.